1: It's got to be one of the songs that's
0: been uh, covered by as many different artists and the the, the different renditions are all so good. But that's our little poncho and lefty. The Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard version will always remind me of my parents. The Emmylou Harris one is the one that's always going to remind me of my parents. But you know if we're listening to Willie and Merle, it's because the man's in studio. Marty Mornowig with us here uh, for the second hour on this Monday, hope you're having a great start to your week. It is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty. Barty Mortenweg, more than 25 years in the NFL. It's Montana's brand of NFL, presented by Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank. Proud to present the Monday afternoon quarterback each Monday uh, second hour here on Nuanas. Now, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we did the Montana basketball hour. Crazy to be finally full <laughs> into basketball season but a couple uh, rivalry games over there in Bozeman. Montana State's women pull away from the Lady Grizz, 64-55. The Grizz men, a huge win over the Bobcats, 87-77. So uh, we'll have more Big Sky Hoops coverage tomorrow because all the teams that I just mentioned are in action tonight. The league lets Montana Montana State have the week leading up to the rivalry games off, but then they give them Monday games right after. So I don't know which one's actually better. Uh, having uh, you know, a couple extra days to prepare for the rivalry, but then you have to go turn around and, and like, the Lady Grizz, for example, are on the road again. So, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting way of doing it. But, anyways, if you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Schulte Law. Visit com. the M store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. You want to be a part of the show? You always can, 406 888 1029, that's 888 1029. And if you want to stream the show, visit 1029espn.com. What's
1: up, coach? How was your weekend? Oh, come on. It was awesome. I'll tell you what, I had the brawl of the Wild on the back TV right while I was watching the I believe it was the Packers 49ers game it was
0: I think a and, ma- I think a great many people around Montana had that exact same situation NFL on one and the the rivalry
1: game on the other and then one of the fellows that was at my house we usually don't have anybody over but we did that night we did cuz it was the Packers and Niners but he was watching the big screen football game and had his phone. It must have been on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, that's right. And so he was watching both at the same time as well. And Montana beat him up, huh? I like it over on the road in Bozeman. I mean, it's a tough place to shoot. The sight lines of that gym are weird. It's a hostile environment. So
0: to score 87 points and shoot 62%, pretty darn good for the, uh, the Grizz men there. Uh, in the nightcap of the rivalry doubleheader there in Bozeman. Okay, a couple quick hitters about college, and then we'll get to the NFL playoffs. First of all, I didn't even have this on the outline. This is breaking news right before the show, but Clifton McDowell, who's the new cover of the year in the Big Sky Conference this last year, Montana's quarterback, won 11 straight games as the starter before then losing in the national championship game, but he had another year left, and uh, he sort of abruptly and surprisingly entered the transfer portal. We talked about this last week, Coach, and you were saying, I'm confused. Why are we doing this? Uh, well, Kipta McDowell now has matriculated his way to Temple. Stay tuned because I think there's some more details that are about to come out. We can't tell you about all that right about now. But I just – I was very – I don't know what the right word is. This is perplexing because, I mean, Temple went 3-9 and nine last year. They have an entrenched starter there in Quincy Patterson who used to be at North Dakota State. Before that, he was at Virginia Tech, so he's an ACC caliber type of guy. They also brought in another transfer from, I believe, Penn State – so there's going to be a big quarterback competition. It just—I don't know why you would leave a team that played for the national championship where you were 11 and one as the starter to go play in the AAC for a three and nine team on the other side of the country. But I'm not Clifton McDowell, so maybe I'm just—I'm missing the mark here. What do you think of this?
1: It doesn't make much sense, and it's so nowadays the people want the immediate payoff, and and there is no uh, sort of. Uh, what do you say, penalty. There's so few penalties of just getting up and leaving at a drop of a hat. So so gone are the days uh, where most of the fellas would develop themselves and and strength and conditioning and gut it out. And then the payoff may be in your junior or senior year. Now, Clifton's deal is uh, quite a little bit different, but it doesn't make much sense. He kind of built himself a home here. Right. And then he just lights it on fire type thing <laughs> right. to go start to build another house. It just doesn't make much sense.
0: I, I totally agree. Coach DeKear, Travis DeKear and I have talked about this a lot in the basketball world. Because in the basketball world, when you tra- used to transfer, you had to sit out a year. And he used to say, okay, there's there's all these different things that can come with transfers. You know, their egos or them thinking they're going to play right away or them wanting to be the man or the star or whatever. But he said, Oh, we can take transfers in this program because then I have a year to to coach them up and say, Hey, you're not gonna come into the big sky conference and average thirty five points a game. You you this is gonna be an acclamation. And then they can learn the system and they're they're acclimated to the way people do stuff. Now, I mean you, you coached in college before yeah. before you you got to the NFL. It was a lot different back then too. I mean, if you if you're getting drop down guys, that was one thing, but it used to be in Division One to Division One, You had to sit out. So it just seems like it's a lot harder to manage now because now, guys, boom, they're just, they're, I mean, Clinton McDowell lived in Missoula for less than six months, and now he's out to Philadelphia. Just, I don't know. It just, the, the whole thing is just so much different than it used to be.
1: Yeah, there's no penalty for, you know, as a coach, uh, you, you, you identify the good player, and then you acquire them, and then you develop them in the development part developmental part now for many of these guys that are jumping all over the place uh has been blown up they're not developing themselves right and and they're playing in uh three or four different systems and they can't become an expert within that system and
0: it's particularly detrimental for quarterbacks
1: don't you think well i think all positions but especially you're right the quarterback position. I I just, you know, it used to be there would be a big penalty for it. You would have to either use your redshirt year and sit out that year. Right. Or if you've already used your redshirt year, which most of those transfers, uh, there were very few of them, by the way. Uh, right. but, But they had already used their redshirt. They had to use a year of eligibility to go transfer if you were going level or up. If you're going down, uh, you could play immediately. But uh, it's just it's it's not you. You combine the transfer rules, which there basically aren't any anymore. That's right. I mean, so and with the NIL, right? And you get what's going on now. Now I think Montana. Uh, by going to the national championship, hit it pretty well because it looks to me like they can attract a pretty high level of player and and even reload and get even better than last year.
0: Bobby Houck said that last week because they announced the addition of eight transfers here to Missoula, and he said, hey, it is what it is. It's a huge part of college football. You must play the game. And I I know from, I mean, Bobby Houck would tell you this. If it was up to him, this wouldn't be the, the state of affairs, and he would just be recruiting guys out of high school and developing them like he did pretty much relentlessly his first time around. But you got to play the game. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornaweg, in studio with us. Need a lift at the end of the day? Florence Coffee Huts at South Reserve and Brook Street are now open until 8 p.m. Stop by between 4 and 8 p.m. Monday through Friday, and it's buy one, get one free at either shop. That's right, buy one, get one free between 4 and 8 p.m., Monday through Friday, Florence Coffee on Brooks and the new location on South Reserve. Stop in today or go to FlorenceCoffee.com. We got Florence Coffee Company for you, free every single day. $10 gift cards for you to FloCo. What do you got to do? Text us. Keep those texts coming in. 406-888-1029. That's 888 no matter where you're at. Around Montana, they have dozens now of kiosks around the state of Montana. They have late hours here in Missoula, Brooks, and South Reserve. You want free flow code, text us, 406-888-1029. So, the Grizz have to play the game, right? But like you said, yeah. they're in this, this situation where, what a great selling point. Yes. Hey, hey, we just played for the national championship. I think it's actually one of the best recruiting pitches you could have. We are knocking on the door. You're the guy that's going to put us over the top. We need you to play this spot because that's one of our weaknesses. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure Montana... Has many weaknesses now. So what do they got to do to get better? Well, attract the elite type of player, possibly coming out of the portal, and then depth. That's the biggest that's right. difference uh, from a one A team to a one Double A team, uh, uh, FBS to FCS, is the depth, and especially on the lines. That,
0: that's exactly right. I mean, if you look at what the Grizz, you know, quote unquote weaknesses were. I mean, again, they went thirteen and two. They don't have very many weaknesses, but. They could have used some more bodies on the defensive line. They were sort of patching that together. I mean, the big man in the middle, number 99, Alex Governor, I mean, the dude is an animal. But he had to play the whole game, pretty much every game, because their backup is a 240-pound redshirt freshman who could only get you 10 or 12 snaps. Same thing at DN. They got Hank Noose back down the stretch. But mostly Cale Edwards and Hayden Harris are playing the whole game. So bringing in some more bodies, that just helps. Same thing with running back. They brought in this kid from Arizona, Stevie Rocker. He looks like a talented guy you can just never have enough running backs because you just never know when a guy's going to
1: get dinged. Yeah, and you know, going back to the transfer, uh, well, back in the day, a lot of old people say that, I think. <laughs> back in the day, there was something usually wrong, or or, or maybe there was a reason, a family-type situation, where the man had to come back uh, to, to uh, hit that area or something like that. But other than that, there were very few transfers, and then if there was one, okay, well, what was wrong? That's right. You, you know, and now... Guys are popping all over the place. It's just, it's upside down. And it looks like Bobby and his staff have really adjusted quickly uh, uh, to the landscape. And you, all the great coaches have to adjust to new rules on the field and off the field.
0: Well, it's, it's fascinating to see just in terms of the quarterback spot because Clifton McDowell was out and within five days they had another guy coming in so i mean for better or worse bobby Hawk is going to have a quarterback competition every fall camp it does not matter if you're a multiple year all-conference type of guy and uh that seems to be what's going to be the case again they're bringing in logan fife who was a kid that was at fresno state uh played there in that system with a bunch of talented coaches. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, who then went on to Great Heights at Washington, initially recruited Fife there. Uh, Pat McCann, who's the offensive coordinator there, he's a guy that was at Eastern Washington. And then Jeff Tedford is a a well-known quarterback guru who's now the head coach at Fresno State for the second time around, but a guy who coached Aaron Rodgers back in college during his Cal days. So Fife looks like he's got the pedigree. He's going to have to come in and, and fight with Kealili Ayat, who was a guy that showed great flashes this last year, uh, but certainly a guy that needs some more development as well. So uh, what do you think of this upcoming quarterback battle for the Grizzlies?
1: Well, first of all, when there's a quarterback competition, right, meaning you you don't have an all-conference player uh, or an all-American coming back and the the job is basically his other than injury, uh, of course. uh, But... What do you get? Yeah, competition it does, it brings out the best at every position and certainly the quarterback position. That does occur. They're battling every day, right? Uh it's like a fist fight every day. They're they're they know that they were Eight for ten and and seven on seven. Right. They know that right. they know all those things because it's a company. What do you not get? Well, as a coach, you it, it's much more difficult to go about your business without a true starter why because you want to you want to design uh, the system uh, especially game plans around that player's strength for sure and if you have so you're double dosing it uh, and then secondly uh, the experimental part that you typically do uh, in spring ball and then throughout training camp uh, where I remember there were times with some of the great quarterbacks that I've coached okay today we're going out and in this Uh, period and this period, we're not even keeping track. I would have the numbers guy. You know, we always kept track of every stat known to mankind. Uh, He's not even going to keep track of these because I want the ball. I want the ball going down the field. I don't care how many we complete or how many interceptions. This is a down-the-field day. We are throwing the ball down the field. I want you to experiment and see what you can get away with and what you can't. And the only way to go about that is to launch it down the field so that part you're missing and there's there's other examples i could give but those parts where you you if you don't have a returning quarterback that you miss out on a little bit there i can see the philosophy
0: on both sides right like let's say Clifton McDowell was going to come back they were still going to make him win that job i could see how that would be frustrating for him after the the body of work that he put together i could also see how though if you're a competitor you say well yeah, I'm a sixth year senior, and I got to fight off a redshirt freshman. That's fine. I'm gonna go in the competition, you know, make it, win it in a week, and then you're the man. You know what I mean? Like just win it coming out of spring ball, and, and
1: you're rolling. Well, that's just talk. I mean, right, if he totally. returned, he would. They, they might say it's a competition, sure, right, right, right. But they're not going to do that. That's right. like that's like when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You and I talked about it when they acquired Baker Mayfield. They said it's a Competition. I'm going. That's not a competition. Uh, and 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 you better pull the trigger. I always thought, and I do. I know this. Pulling the trigger on naming the starting quarterback earlier rather than later goes a long way. Now Bobby didn't pull the trigger till midseason. Five games into the year. Right. And then and then and then when he when he finally, so it worked. It worked beautifully. But when he finally did it, this young man uh, took off and won uh, 11 straight. Uh, now, would that have happened before the NAU? Got, I don't know. Uh, it worked for Bobby, and, and Bobby probably wanted to make darn sure he knew before he pulled the trigger.
0: Well, now they have a, a, actually a, a good situation, though, because Kiel is certainly the guy of the future. The way for him to be the guy of the present is to continue to accelerate, and then win the job. Either way, though, if if, if he's not ready, now you got a, a hired gun that could be sort of a guy you go to. If the the presence of Logan Fife pushes Ayat to become what he could be, you're both sides. I think you're winning. I think it's a good situation. Usually, if you lose an all conference newcomer of the year type guy like McDowell, that's a bad situation. I think they're going to be okay at quarterback.
1: Well, I like Ayat. I don't I do know much about. I know nothing about Pipe either. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's a talented young man. Yeah. Ayat. You, you know, what are you looking for in a quarterback? A decision making and accuracy and timing and gut instincts and playmaking uh, ability and consistency. I think that might be the only thing they don't quite know. On Ayat yet, but he's got all those other things uh, certainly at a high level. I I like the future uh, for Ayat here and uh, now. Maybe maybe they got this talented young man, and why hasn't it worked elsewhere for him sure. is a is question you have to answer. And, uh, and maybe it was one of those things—a lack of decision making or accuracy or timing or or he didn't feel the game real. Or maybe it's none of those. Maybe the guy's really, really good and just got lost in a couple shuffles. Right. You know. Well, and sometimes it can be coaching staff too, right? He came to play for a different coaching staff. Now yeah. you know they got a new one there. Y- you never know. I saw. I just saw this popped on my phone today. Brock Purdy's younger brother, Chuba. Uh, yeah, you know, has been all over the place, and and he he. He committed for like his third school at yep. San Jose State, of course, where I'm from. So I was kind of going, "Oh, okay, they're going to have two, you know, brothers in the Bay Area." Well, they switched out coaches. Yep. The San Jose State took the Arizona job, and then they hired the man from Navy, yep. which is probably not Purdy's uh, system. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. not his yeah. uh, first wish. So then. Then he jumped on the train and committed, I believe it might have been to Fresno. Nevada. 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 Nevada, Nevada. Nevada. It was Nevada. Yeah, yeah yes, Nevada Reno. Right. So, yeah. uh, interesting fold there. Here, here's a quick tidbit for you.
0: It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornoweg. Chubba Purdy, Brock Purdy's little brother, is going to play for Jeff Choate at Nevada. Once upon a time, Brock Purdy was this close from going to Montana State to play for Jeff Choate in Bozeman. Then... He got a late, late, late offer. Iowa State had a guy fall through the cracks, and they got Brock Purdy in there three days before uh, signing day. Imagine Brock Purdy and the Big Sky Cowers. Probably would have been pretty good because he was pretty dang good at Iowa State. I know he was quote-unquote only a seventh-round draft pick, but the kid could do it. More on the 49ers here Uh in just a little bit. Marty Mornoway in studio with us here. On to on is now. Two more college questions, and then we'll take a break, get into the NFL Montana State, they got a new offensive coordinator. Taylor Housewright, uh moving on to Akra, Akron. Uh, Tyler Walker's the new guy. He coached tight ends and fullbacks the last couple of years. I don't know anything about Tyler Walker. I mean, I've, we've had him on the show talking tight ends, but I don't know anything about his offensive philosophies. I know he knows how to coach good blocking tight ends, but I don't know much more than that. But I wanted to ask you, though. I know you, you coached Tommy a, lot, uh, a while ago when he was at, uh, in high school at your quarterback's camp. Yeah. He's the guy now. He's been a four, he'll be a four-year starter by the time this is all said and done. I thought he looked really good. Uh, down the stretch for Montana State did not look good in Missoula, but then in the playoffs he looked exceptionally well. Then he then he got hurt, but just in terms of his skill set, what would you keep that Montana State does, or, or what would you add? What, what sort of things do you think that they should do for Tommy Watts' uh, sort of swan song season there at MSU?
1: Well, first of all, that school over the mountains there, they they did not keep their defensive coordinator, and then their offensive coordinator looked like he was uh, uh, maybe forced to leave, uh, because of both of them, some off-the-field stuff, but they they just elevated a coach on their staff, so it looked to me from afar, without knowing the details, that they wanted to keep the same system, uh, a very similar system, uh, a very similar terminology, or the same terminology. Now, when you switch coordinators, everybody is unique, uh, even if they're in their own system, so uh, And I'm just talking just general philosophy may change just a little bit. Some emphasis on some things may change just a little bit. I would treat this uh, like, if you remember, I had uh, the great Lamar Jackson uh, uh, early in his career as a rookie. And man alive, all that running. It just wears on you. It pulls at a quarterback, yeah. and at some point, uh, the quarterback's going to get hurt. Now, Baltimore did a heck of a job keeping Lamar reasonably healthy this year. That was a big emphasis. That was a change of philosophy because John just wanted to run it. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> sure, we're a all over the place because he's such a great runner. Uh, so I think they did a great job. I would do that with Tommy Mallott. Try to keep, even the small hits, let alone the splatter hits, try to keep those off of them. And, you know, some people go, oh, well, Lamar got hurt. He was in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. But all of those hits that he took out in the field running with the ball, they add up uh, to some sort of a bigger injury. And it doesn't matter if you're in the pocket, out of the pocket. It's just all those hits tend to pull at a quarterback. So, Long story short, that's what I would do yes. with Tommy Molat. Tommy Molat has had a great career. For sure. Uh, uh, if if his career ended was ended, it would have been a heck of a career. And of course, he's got a year left there for the Bobcats. I totally agree with you
0: because what makes Lamar Jackson so magical is when they let him improvise, and he's gonna and he's gonna pull it down and run. You know, four to six times in a game. If you're calling another eight to ten design runs, now all of a sudden he's got. 15 to 20 times to get hit. That's where Montana State's been flawed, I think, in the way they use them a lot. Part of it's been by necessity, because they've had you know running back injuries and stuff like yeah. that. But when you're running, when you're running empty set quarterback power four times a game and you're running, you know, gun inside zone, zone read stuff eight or nine times. That's 12 or 14 designed runs. And then the kid is also going to take off running on 10 more pass plays. Now yeah. all of a sudden he's getting twenty five hits a game. That's not what you yeah. want.
1: Yeah, it adds up and it wears on the quarterback. And, and so that would be my emphasis. And and look at uh, with Lamar and 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 uh, Malat, right? Mm-hmm. Those style of quarterbacks, you I, I coach. Uh, Steve Young, who was you a four-four four guy, uh, Garcia, good I mean and, you know, Michael Vick, <laughs> Mike Vick, and, and Jalen Hurts and Lamar and Gino. Uh, Gino is an underrated runner. At least For he sure. was when he was younger. For sure. Uh, but but he didn't he didn't like to get hit much. But <laughs> but I, I, I had to have a couple conversations with him, uh, especially when they're young. But so let's go back to Milot that freshman year where he was in sort of... No holds barred. You got to do what you got to do. Right, right. right? Sure. And And then, and then he maybe even his sophomore year, but then uh, all, all those practices and offseason, you're training him in the pocket, training him in the pocket. So then when he's a junior and senior, you're running him just enough to where it's a threat at all times because he's so productive at it. Or put somebody else in there, and that's sort of what they had Chambers there for. But I didn't think they utilized Chambers very well in certain games. Totally agree.
0: Speaking of Lamar Jackson, speaking of Josh Allen, speaking of guys that can run, we'll break down all the NFL playoff matchups right after this. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. The Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's brand of NFL. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is that your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and and your neighbors. We're down to four. We'll break down all of the divisional round and preview the conference title games right after this. Keep it right here. Nuane is now ESPN Radio. jewelry design center is not your average jewelry store the friendly welcoming staff is so excited to be in montana and the craftsmanship unique creativity care and artisanship you'll receive at the jewelry design center is second to none is there anything you guys can't do
1: we don't cut diamonds <laughs> okay yeah but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right it's unique that we cast our own metal we grow our own models we hand carve as well as use computer-aided technology to design we're pushing the limits. Of what we had previously thought was impossible.
0: Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life.
1: Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: We've been playing a fair amount of covers around here, and I've been trying to tell the Trail guys, Trail 103.3, our sister station, Montana's Quality Rock. They used to have this cool segment called the Five O'clock Shadow. They'd play a Two different versions of a famous song. One was the original, one was the cover. And I don't know, I just think that's a cool idea. Because sometimes it's just a whole different flavor. That's a Fleetwood Mac song, but covered by Waylon Jennings. And both of them are equally great. You know, if we're listening to Waylon's because the man's in studio. Marty Wernweg in studio with us. It's the Monday Afternoon Quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is in Montana, only in Montana and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Here's your scores from over the weekend. The Ravens dismantled. The Texans really pulled away strong in the second half, 34-10. Great game between the 49ers and the Packers. Back and forth we go. And uh, kicking woes was one of the stories of the season for the Packers. And it, it caught up with them. And the uh, 49ers win 24-21. Then on Sunday, the Lions hold on for a 31-23 win into the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. Unbelievable by Dan Campbell and the crew. By the way, tease for later on in the week. Montana Montana made guy. Chester Montana's finest, Casey Fitzsimmons. He was a Lions tight end, and he was on that team that went 0-16. He's also one of Dan Campbell's best friends. He predicted on this show last fall when Dan Campbell and the Lions were on hard knocks, that Detroit would be an NFC Championship game in two years or or less. Casey nailed it, so I said, hey, you nailed it. You got to come back on the show and do an NFC preview with us. So Casey Fitzsimmons will join us on Wednesday for our ESPN Roundtable. Be excited to have the Carroll College product and the former Detroit Lions tight end uh, on the show. And then the nightcap, what a great Sunday night game it was. Lived up to the billing, and then some And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are moving on, 27-24 over the Buffalo Bills. Coach, let's start at the beginning the Ravens and the Texans were in a dogfight in the first half, and uh, then Lamar Jackson has turned into Superman again, man. The uh, the Ravens are impressive. I thought the, great year by Houston under a first year head coach and a rookie quarterback, but this this Ravens team is just they're a juggernaut, man. They're rolling right now.
1: Right, both young quarterbacks lose. Right, love. Yep. Yeah, yep. and, and but but. Uh, you look at these teams, the Ravens have are loaded. You know, they're loaded on defense. They've got one of the great kickers of all time. And they they kept Lamar healthy. So if they can continue to keep Lamar healthy, they've got a chance to win the whole thing. But if you back up and look at this before the season, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Niners, and then some people were predicting that the Lions may hit. Those are four really good teams that you could have predicted right. before the season even started. And they all have one thing in common. Their defenses are all pretty good and then they've got a quarterback who can win you've got a chance every game if you've got a pretty good quarterback. And uh you know, of course Lamar and and and, and Mahomes. And then the Lions quarterback has already been there and done that. Joe Goff's playing great right now. You, you know, and he's playing really good and then and then you've got Purdy uh who Well, magical sort of start last year, and then the injury. I think best kudos to him is recovering from that injury so quickly uh, and then picking up right where he left off. The Niners are loaded as well. Right, Detroit may win one of these games, or, or, or if they're going to go the whole way, I should state it like this: if They're going to go the whole way. They're a good football team, but it's just going to be an emotional, like, like yeah, two games for them if they're going to go the whole way. Well,
0: you've spent time around Lamar Jackson. You coached him when you were there uh, in Baltimore, and to me, I, I've been on Lamar Jackson since day one. I thought when he was coming out of Louisville, he's going to be great. I thought that all the stuff about him. Being an average or below average thrower was overblown. I thought the kid is a gamer. He's an unbelievable talent. He's one of the best athletes, period, in professional sports, period, in terms of his pure speed and athleticism. There's, there. I just think it's unquestionable. And then since he's been in the NFL, he had the breakout year when he won the MVP, and then everybody's just been hammering him. He can't win in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, he's injury-prone. His best days are behind him, even though he's only 26 years old. Even today I heard, well— the stats are kind of pedestrian, but Lamar. If, if you you must watch the games because when you watch, he is as spectacular as there is a player at the quarterback position in the NFL.
1: I will tell you when he was coming out of Louisville. I uh, he, he's in Baltimore in part because of, of my evaluation. So we're we're sitting in the evaluation room, and I gave him the highest grade I've given anybody as a football player. Uh, and I gave him a pretty high grade at the quarterback spot, even though, even though his accuracy and consistency in the pass game was way low. For I sure. mean, he goes and does his pro day. And the first 20 throw, he's thrown to his own teammates. With no defense. With no, de- on air, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's like 50% in his first right. like 20 throws. So, so. He had to make a big step, yes. right? Which he did. He made a huge step as a rookie. He's made a couple others as well in those first few years. You have you get a guy like that, yeah. But he makes up for on an occasional inaccuracy. And he's one of the very few, by the way, that have other things that make up for that, sometimes tenfold. Right, so he's got he's got unique instincts. He just sees and feels things that others do not. Uh, he he's got such great athleticism, great such great running ability, and he has worked himself into a passer where he's good enough with all those other things to go win a Super Bowl. As long as, and, and that's what Adam is, as as a rookie, just let's just minimize. The splatter hits. That's right. And now you just have to minimize all hits uh, because he does have a little age creeping up on him. And he cannot, let's say four years from now, he's not going to be able to rely on. He's got to turn himself into Steve Young, uh, who did not rely on that great running ability and great speed and developed himself into one of the uh, greatest accurate passers of all time, and then two to three times a game, yeah. Steve Young's uh, athleticism would show up. The Packers deserve all the credit in the world for the second half of the regular season and then going
0: into Dallas and whipping the Cowboys and then taking the 49ers, who I still think are the best team in the NFL, all the way down the wire. It's a big offseason. You know they're going to give Jordan Love a big contract, but somebody else is probably going to come in and try to get him as well. I think they'll be able to keep him if they can, the future is incredibly bright in Green Bay. You got the the youngest offensive unit to ever make the playoffs, and uh, you want a playoff game, so it's a great stepping stone. But the other day, the Niners just—they got all the dudes, man. They they just have all the dudes and we've been talking about it all year long. Even without Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, excuse me, in this game, when you got George Kittle and you got Christian McCaffrey and you got Trent Williams. It's you're just so tough to beat when you're operating at uh, at full force like the Niners were on uh, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing: it was twenty four to twenty one. That's a three point game at home for sure. So with the a with a mixed kick too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, poor Anders Carlson, man. He missed thirteen know. kicks this year. Yeah. Thirteen kicks. Ah, uh, jeez. But I will I will tell you. That. So are 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 the Packers? Uh, did they just? Uh, get so much better at the end of the season uh, with their young quarterback who sat behind. Well, we need to talk about that maybe for a minute. So Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for, what, three years? Aaron Rodgers did the same. uh, Patrick Mahomes' first start was the last game of his rookie year. It was a throwaway game. Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe For a little... Or do you put the rookie quarterback in Man. and 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 the Troy Aikman thing where he's 0-10 or 0 yeah. eleven as a starter. Or Peyton Manning thing where he throws 30 picks or whatever. Yeah, I think it was twenty eight. He led the league. <laughs> I mean, it was an NFL record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and but but they learn as long as they get through it. That's right. As long as they get through it physically and mentally. And I think it's yeah. a little tougher mentally to do it nowadays with all with all this media surrounding the game. I think so much of it is can he keep him upright?
0: I mean, we, yeah. when, uh, Derek Carr and Tim Couch are the two greatest examples. When, the, when Tim Couch was drafted by the Browns and Derek Carr was drafted, or excuse me, David Carr was drafted David, by yeah. the Texans, and both these guys got sacked 70 times. You're not learning any development. You're just gun shy then for the rest yeah. of your career.
1: <laughs> yeah, now both those quarterbacks, you know my thought on sacks. Uh, about two thirds of them. Sure. And you saw two of the greatest quarterbacks that eliminate sacks. Um, Mahomes and and Josh and Allen. Josh Allen. I mean, they've got instincts. So, oh, 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 how many throwaways did they have uh, yesterday? For right? sure. They they just simply throw the ball away, do damage to your opponent, yeah. not to yourself. So, some of these quarterbacks and and it's kind of instinctual, it's sort of enemy. Yeah, you can get better. It's like ball security. Yeah, you can get better at ball security. But some guys just take care of the ball better than others. Some guys, uh, Peyton Manny. there were years where he had single digits, oh, yeah. sacks. Like nine. I'm going, what? (laughs) Uh, Our our man just got sacked nine times in one game. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's crazy. uh, uh, Just they're built that way. Uh, So I think some of it, that was their own responsibility. Some of it was schematically. Some of it was uh, they were outmanned up front just a little bit.
0: Good afternoon, quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank. Marty Mornoway in studio with us here on No On Is Now ESPN Radio. The Lions are just a great story. It's been awesome to see uh, them turn around, one of the most downtrodden franchises in all of pro sports, and now they got it rolling. They are better than you think defensively. Aiden Hutchinson's playing out of his mind right now, a local kid from Plymouth, Michigan, just right up the road. But it really, to me, this comes down to I was really watching the Lions intricately these last two weeks. Everybody knows about. Almond Ross, St. Brown, the great wide receiver. The rookies have hit big time. Jameer Gibbs, the running back, and Sam Laporta, the tight end, have been awesome. But to me, it's Jared Goff and also the offensive line. Their offensive line is exceptional. I think a lot of national analysts miss analyzing the offensive line. The Detroit Lions offensive line is awesome. Their right tackle, uh, Penny Sewell, is the best right tackle I've seen. He's the best right tackle in football right now, in my personal opinion. And when you have that offensive line, now Goff, I mean, Goff's not gonna really be that elusive or move around in the pocket, but when he's got time, he can spin it. And uh they're rolling right now. I mean, the the, the
1: Lions are a fun story. Oh, great story. Yep. Dan Campbell himself is a great story. It is, it's awesome. Uh, uh from his playing days. And you mentioned he was on the 0 <laughs> yeah. 16. I mean I mean that's a hard that's that has to work. Then he goes back as the head coach and gets him into the, the, the conference uh, championship game. Uh, Goff has always been a top guy. He needs a real good line. So when I talk about quarterbacks, you know, you got to have a, a, a top, let's say, six or eight, uh, certainly a top ten quarterback. Well, it usually is correlated with the line. But yes. well, with the offensive line, so you look at the Chiefs, pretty good up front. The Niners, pretty good up front. Yep. The Ravens, pretty good up front. Uh, uh, and and of course, uh, 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 Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. So one of the best lines, and so. Uh, you build a team inside out. That's how most people build it. So you start with the line. Then you get yourself a great quarterback because a really good quarterback can't show us stuff if you don't have the line there. And so that's how important those offensive lines are. My point is, all these teams left have a really good offensive line. (laughs) That's exactly
0: right. I want to spend a fair amount of time talking about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the classic duel and what it means for both of them moving forward. So let's take one more break. Monday afternoon, quarterback with Coach Marty, back right after this. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwanis Now on
1: 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula.
0: Nuwanis Now, ESPN Radio. Missing the show today, you can always find it on the Nuane's Now podcast, proudly presented by Shulty Law. Visit jshulty.com the M-Store where they're all grids all the time, and the MSU Bookstore is the msubookstore.org. Wrapping up the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Barney went away against studio with us. we only got about six minutes left, but I wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about the last game of Sunday, which was the Chiefs' 27-24 win over the Bills. Uh, what a great game, an even matchup. It went back and forth. But I wanted to ask you, Coach, what you thought about the way the Bills operated down the stretch. Josh Allen was unbelievable, made some heroic plays and then he was really good on the last drive until then he missed a couple throws. And yeah. then they they put – I mean, everybody's all over Stephen Bass, the kicker. And people that are long-term Bills fans got to feel terrible for him because they lost the freaking Super Bowl on a wide right from 44 <laughs> yards. And then they missed one on, on Sunday evening. But to me, you can't put the game in the hands of the kicker right there. And uh, I thought they did a great job getting into field goal range. But then there was two opportunities where Josh Allen took a shot at the end zone. He didn't hit either throw. It's a totally different game if he hits those. what do you think of just the last nine minutes of the fourth quarter of that game?
1: Oh, they had it rolling, and then great players uh will typically make a great play for you right at the critical moment. And Josh Allen did not do that. He missed a couple one. Dude's wide open. Now for sure. Now why did he miss it? Did he did 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 the receiver take a little higher angle? Then they had practiced, or you know, what are all what? Why did he miss it? Well, if he just up and missed it, that's not good. Now, now look at I like Josh Allen because he's a heck of a player, but at some point he needs to get over the hump. You that's know. Right. And and now there's been some great quarterbacks in the past who really never got over that hump. That's right, uh, Dan Marino. I believe it was his sophomore year, his his that's second right. year, goes to the Super Bowl. Yep. And then people and lost to the 49ers. And then people were going, well, that's okay. He'll be back. But he never, never got back. Never got back to the Super Bowl. What a great quarterback sure. he was. So I'm I'm hoping John now. You take John Elway, he lost, what, three Super Bowls in a row or so? I mean, four. three. Four, yeah. No, lost. no, that's, that's all right. Three, yeah, yeah. and then and then the AFC Championship game two other times. Yeah. yeah, and so everybody's saying, oh, he can't win the big one. How many big games uh, did these guys win to get their teams <laughs> to that right. point? And then he goes on to Elway, getting back to Elway, then he goes on and wins uh, two back-to-back. So Josh Allen, just that experience. Experience does count, uh, for especially at that quarterback position. You saw a couple young quarterbacks. Backs really do well this year, but it really counts in in playoffs and championship type games. Uh, so, the more times you're in those, those situations, the better off you will be uh, when the time comes again. It's kind of like uh, uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson right. and and Air and Jordan they made more game winning shots than anybody in the history but they also missed them That's right. as well but they always wanted the ball in their hands well you let me right to my nba
0: analogy because there's an entire generation of awesome nba players from patrick Ewing to carl Malone to you know on down the line charles barkley who didn't win any championships because they had to play Michael Jordan. And they probably would have all won a couple, but they didn't because they they played with Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan won six out of eight, and that's what happens. I just wonder if Patrick Mahomes is the guy that's going to squash all these guys. The thing that Joe Burrow's got right now in his back pocket is he's beaten Mahomes at Arrowhead one time. So he's got that, you know, moving forward for his legacy, although that's a long ways away from being developed. He's only 25 years old. Lamar's got a huge chance now with Mahomes coming to Kansas City. But Josh Allen, he's got the Patrick Mahomes monkey on his back. They've lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs three times in the last four years.
1: Yeah, and is that cyclic? Are the Chiefs just a little better than them? Is it that they just don't? Uh, make the play right at the right moment? What, what, what are the factors there? Uh, because uh, Josh Allen is a young man. He's going to have many, many more opportunities yeah. uh, to get himself over the hump. And when it happens, it's even more sweet. Uh, so I'm rooting for Josh Allen, uh, and have been for a couple years, to get over the hump. I think the thing that
0: is is really influences the way people think about Josh Allen, too, is he's he's so clearly one of the most gifted players to ever play the position. I mean, he has a top-five arm in NFL history. He throws oh, yeah. he throws the ball as well as anybody. And he can make throws, like that touchdown throw where he was rolling to his left and he throws a dart. Side. I mean, nobody can make that throw. Nobody. Yeah. Tony Romo said, oh, there's only three or four guys on the earth that can make that throw. No, that's incorrect. There's no one except for maybe Patrick Mahomes that can make that throw other than Josh Allen. But when it comes to Mahomes, though, he's just got he's got the special sauce, man. I was going through the statistics earlier. This is unbelievable. So now, Patrick Mahomes is only in his sixth year as a starter. He's only 28 years old. He already has as many playoff wins as Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, more than Aaron Rodgers, Troy Aikman, and Roger Staubach. If Mahomes wins two more, he'll surpass John Elway, Peyton Manning, and Terry Bradshaw and be tied with Joe
1: Montana behind only Tom Brady in NFL history.
0: He's only 28 years old. He's now, how do you, how do you
1: uh, get this thing done that he just did? Well, uh, He's on a really good team, really good scheme that plays directly to all his strengths. They allow him to be creative. He stays disciplined when he's creative. And one other thing is that he was born at the right time because there's so many playoff games now. No, that's true. Uh, that's know, there's, true. there's way more that's playoff true. games now I mean, than there was. It, it's absolutely true. But that's only a very small part of it. You've got to have all those other components as well. Uh, so... so so, but 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 Roger Staubach, you, you know, what they have, like... Uh, one. Three, yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, when yeah. he started playing, there yeah. was no playoff yeah. games.
0: You just went to the Super Bowl. Right. You won the conference and went to the Super Bowl. And then, he, you know, then yeah. that, by the end, he gets to play in yeah. one and then go to the Super
1: Bowl. I'm glad they went to the playoffs uh, uh, because it's so exciting oh, it's and so drama-filled. Exciting. All those games were great games, weren't they? I mean, and it, it comes down to a select few plays. You're talking about... Uh, Buffalo's kicker. I mean, yeah, he's paid to do that, though. I mean, that's why you have kickers, and, and that's why Baltimore, I think, has a leg up, because that kicker that they have uh, is, is, is... I mean, I Justin know. Tucker is the best kicker besides Adam Vinatieri in, in NFL history. He, I mean, it, it is like a shocker if he ever misses one. Something went wrong badly if he misses one,
0: Monday even after, in weather. And Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty have no fear. By the time next Monday rolls around, we will have a baby. My wife says that's no question. So, <laughs> so so, we'll have a segment, though, for you next week, even if it's just on Zoom. And we'll certainly have a Super Bowl show for you here in a couple weeks. Well, hold
1: on. You're not having a baby. That's right. Well, what the heck? <laughs> well, what are we doing here? Are <laughs> you Kenny? We'll see you hey, tomorrow. Hey, good luck, big man. is now. ESPN
0: Radio. Colter Nuwana's from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store.